Welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out on the web at NomcastPod.com. All right. Thanks for joining us. Hope you're all doing well out there. Uh, It's been a pretty tough week here in the U.S., so I hope everyone is taking care of themselves. Definitely a rough start to 2021 in this reality, but... Who needs reality when we have movies, right? That's what you're here for. And for their part, Netflix seems to be doing a great job churning out more and more movies that seem to land right in the end of the year award conversation. And the film that we're reviewing today is no different. Uh, Today, we're talking about Pieces of a Woman starring Vanessa Kirby, who really broke out on Netflix with her role as Princess Margaret on The Crown before she started beating the hell out of people in such blockbuster action films as Hobbs and Shaw and one of my personal faves, Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, The film centers around Kirby's character Martha, who is a young mother that suffers an unfathomable tragedy during a home birth. Uh, We follow her year-long odyssey of mourning that fractures relationships with loved ones and she learns to live alongside her loss. Uh, it's a deeply personal story that seems to have resonated with audiences throughout its film festival run in 2020. Uh, the film also stars Ellen Burstyn, Molly Parker, Eliza Schlesinger, Benny Safdie, and Shia LaBeouf, who has landed in hot water again with a new lawsuit with claims of assault and sexual battery that arose after this film wrapped. Uh, It's uh, just a a mess of a situation. So we talk about his performance in the film, as well as how this lawsuit and the charges within the lawsuit complicate how we view this film going forward. Uh, We cover all these things in our usual deep dive format uh, with non-spoiler to start and then some spoilers towards the end. Uh, with our special guest film critic, Amy Smith from In Session Film and her new Film for Thought podcast. Uh, so stick around for that. But first, a word from our friends at Forgotten Entertainment. Another season of Forgotten Horror has come to an end. But as Field paraphrases Al Pacino from Send of a Woman, We're just getting warmed up! Spend the next few months with Forgotten Cinema as season seven kicks off with movies from all across the decades. We jump to the 70s to talk about the front page starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. We dive into the 80s with Michael Mann's Thief and the Dennis Quaid Meg Ryan thriller DOA. And then slice into Butler's childhood years, the 90s, with The Last Samurai and The Negotiator. That's right, Field. You're old. So very, very old. Shut up, Butler. Forgotten Cinema, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crackin' One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. 
Then we'll give our tasting notes. And while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crack and Win Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right. Welcome back. We will get to our review of Pieces of a Woman in just a minute. But first, I wanted to encourage everyone to check out our guest, Amy Smith's film criticism work. She is a contributor to such places as Filmotomy, In Session Film, and her own blog, Film for Thought, which she has now spun off into a podcast called Film for Thought that is off to a great start. So do yourself a favor and follow her on Twitter at Films with Amy. Check out her blog at filmforthought.co.uk. And listen to her new podcast, Film for Thought, wherever you get podcasts. And of course, if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, The Nomcast, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. All right, let's get to it. Here it is, our review of the latest Netflix acquisition destined to be in the Oscar conversation this year, Pieces of a Woman. Give a listen. She has to pay for her incompetence. Is this about money? No. Is it, is it about what, what people think? It's about you. It's about you having to face this. I am and... facing this. I am facing it! I am facing this! Well, I don't think you are. We need, we need some justice here. No, you need. That is what you want. That is what you need. That is, that is your way. That is not my way. That is what you need. All right. So lucky to have uh, Amy Smith, film critic from over there in Scotland, uh, back on our show. She was so nice to join us for the Rebecca episode uh, late in uh, 2020. It's weird because I always have to... You know, once that January thing hits, it's like, oh, right, last year, last year. So it seems so, you know, long ago, but not so long ago. So it's it's, it's weird. But I'm glad to have you back, Amy. How are you doing? Um, all right. Still feels like 2020 to me, but let's just roll with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, so m- as much as we want to turn the page, unfortunately, it just sticks in there. And, and uh, for a lot of people like me here in the U.S. and the chaos of things and this really hard week uh, that we're all kind of having. Uh, and I know you are also kind of in, in lockdown there where you are. So there's a lot of chaos going on in the world. And boy, did I need an escape. And boy, did I not quite get it with this <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Pieces of a Woman is what we're going to be discussing today, uh, a movie that it seems like this movie, for being a movie that just came out on Thursday, it seems like this movie has been out for six months, it, Like, and in a way it has. I mean, it was a, it was a big winner uh, in the Venice Film Festival where Vanessa Kirby uh, won Best Actress there. It also won a Young Cinema Award, kind of like a best film for, you know, critics, and audience members uh, 18 to 25. So like they found a big appeal in this type of film. Um, And, you know, so it's been kind of riding high from that. And now here we are months, months later, almost in a, in a different world, a different, definitely a different awards landscape um, from then. But a lot of critics have kind of been, you know, beating the drum at least for Vanessa Kirby if not for other aspects of the film uh especially even Ellen Burstyn as of late um to to kind of maybe join the awards conversation Amy so when did you first watch this film and and how did you 
how did you receive it? Like, was there already a buzz built in? Because I will say there, I, I'm, you know, I watched it on Thursday when it came out, and the buzz has was huge, obviously, to this point. Yeah, I got access to it a few weeks ago just for a screener, but by that point, you did hear of a whole Venice situation and it doing incredibly well. I've actually been writing a screenplay of myself for the past few months for my uni course, and I chose the topic of high-risk pregnancies and miscarriage because of what happened to Meghan Markle and Chrissy Teigen all in the news recently. Right. So I'd actually done quite a bit of research into the whole sort of miscarriage and what it can do to our relationship. So I knew this movie was coming out. I was excited to check it out and see how they would take this subject. And overall, I I have to say, I really, really did enjoy this one. Yeah, it's it's a tough topic. Uh, I'm sure even in your research of what you're doing, you know, it's it's not easy. And I know Mm -hmm. as far as, um, you know, for for anyone who doesn't know, the film is about uh, when a young mother's home birth ends in an unfathomable tragedy. Uh, She begins a year long odyssey of mourning that fractures relationships with loved ones uh, in this learning to live alongside her loss. So, I mean, it's a it's a it's a deep movie it's a movie with a subject that doesn't often get covered um you know and and sometimes for good reason because it's so heavy that it's something that's hard to recover from uh as far as like an audience member uh is concerned and at the same time it's also you know, tough for to tell a story around you know it's it's especially when you're doing something like this film does where you're actually witnessing uh the actual incident at hand so this is a tough movie for me i will say like i, I it's funny because i was when i first watched it because of knowing way too much and unfortunately between like film twitter or just kind of like you know reading up on it or any of that i couldn't help but like turn it on and brace for the hit versus like kind of you know just turning it on not knowing anything and just kind of like you know you're even with the description you're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and it's it's obviously a, it's a it's a big big drop so but it's impactful it's it's a story that deserves to be heard uh i was actually compelled um after listening to a, an interview with Vanessa Kirby and how she prepared for this role you know how she kind of she you know, talked to a lot of people who experienced what goes on in the film. She talked to, she shadowed midwives uh, to kind of witness the process because she hasn't given birth herself. Uh, so she kind of wanted to to really know all the mechanics in a way of how this would go down to not come off as false. Uh, and, and definitely her research comes through. What did you like specifically about Vanessa Kirby's performance in here uh, and and does that kind of show for you in the research? Uh, yeah, absolutely does. And I think anyone can watch that 25-minute opening sequence and realise the level of difficulty that her performance has. We've seen other performances this year, especially from actresses, which have been great. But this is potentially most difficult because of the subject matter, because of that 25-minute uncut take. And it's not just that one scene that everyone's talking about. You look at the closing scene, which I won't give anything away for, and she's still incredibly impactful there. Yeah, I and and especially uh, now seeing the movie, it, it it's no shock that this movie was brought 
uh, to the screen in help by two major executive producers, Martin Scorsese and Sam Levinson, who is definitely a person on the rise, especially now uh, that Malcolm and Marie seems to be getting a lot of buzz um, from its early screenings for that, uh, making even some major critics top 10 lists uh, already when it hasn't even come out. So, and it's barely <laughs> going around. So, um, I think that is definitely, you could definitely tell, I think that between the, the casting here, a lot of the people who, uh, are involved, uh, from even just people like Howard Shore's score and uh, the cinematography by Benjamin Loeb, who did Mandy. If anyone saw that bananas Nick Cage movie that came out uh, a couple of years ago, uh, you know it. It's got a lot of talent, a lot of heart, uh, you know, a lot of sorrow. the The team, uh, the writer director team, uh, Kata Weber and Cornell Madrusco, uh, they are actually partners in real life. Who uh, this is a very personal film for them. They have suffered a loss of their own and tried to, you know, put something on screen uh, that would kind of maybe capture how they felt as well. Um, I think the best stuff, let's put it this way. Uh, this movie, I will put my cards on the table a little bit. I was impressed with a lot of things, but there are a lot of character things that just don't add up for me. I think there is some some flaws in the script or in the structure here that does get to me. But obviously I think I'm in the, not in any isolation here where I would say that, uh, you know, Vanessa Kirby is incredible. Um, you know, uh, sometimes I do kind of feel bad for her because I think the, the stuff on the page lets her down, but that is not her fault. And I kind of feel that way about a lot of the performances here. They're all really well done, but I think if anything, the script does let it down. Uh, did you did you have any uh, things that maybe bothered you like maybe I do? Because uh, I uh, as I, I found a uh, kindred spirit uh, in David Ehrlich, who writes for IndieWire, his his review on that um, kind of where he said that, you know, the director's movies kind of tend to open like a house on fire. And then this been the last two acts finger painting with the ashes and i did feel like that's kind of how it is here uh and that and that her pain is probably the best illustration of of what is great about this film i i was way more interested in vanessa kirby's arc but i think they spend a lot of energy trying to develop these you know other storylines that that maybe are more problematic and obviously are growing problematic by the day in terms of Shia LaBeouf, but we'll, 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 we'll go uh, away from that for the moment. But what did you see or did you have any kind of like issues with the script? I've seen people go as high as saying this is, you know, awards worthy screenplay and then people who ignore it completely. So uh, where do you fall for that? I wouldn't say it's awards worthy. I love the opening sequence and I love the closing sequence. It does dull in the middle because of the characters like you said if it's not Vanessa Kirby or Ellen Burstyn on screen I don't care about the stuff in the middle like for example the lawyer who happens to be like her sister sure I don't really care about her I feel like the writing is not even talking about the performance of Shia because we can talk about that but even the writing of his character kind of comes off as cliche and like over dramatic and I think it, he's written really poorly by the end of it. Yeah. And 
I like I said, I do really love Vanessa Kirby and Ellen Burstyn. I think their writing and their performances and their characters are well done. But whenever they're not on screen, I kind of start to lose interest in the film. Yeah, and I I definitely <laughs> one thing that's very hard to say, and I've said this about a few movies this year is I recommend people watch this more than once because um you know, kind of watching the movie and bracing for the hit is no good way to watch a movie. So it's a really kind of get a sense of the story and how it unfolds after that first 25, 30 minutes is I think you need to kind of appreciate the film more with a second watch. Um, Because it's funny when, when I first started my rewatch, I was like really appreciative of kind of that first 45 minutes 50 minutes and then once they started to get away from Kirby it really goes away hard and there's some really bad scenes and a lot of them unfortunately are with Shia LaBeouf because here's my major problem and I I don't know how you feel about this the the movie in a way because the director's style and also the way he wanted to tell the story is he put this uh, home birth up front and because you literally have five to seven minutes before you get to the labor being in process. And to me, when the movie's mostly about an unraveling of relationships, an unraveling of a person or people, I want to get to know those people before the reason for the unraveling occurs. And I think that this, I think they were so into getting that either out of the way for the the audience to recover enough to watch this movie and to get enough juice out of the the performances and characters after that as well that I wonder if it suffers for that a little bit um because to me especially with the the marriage the the few minutes you get before the birth and during the birth I don't hate Shia LaBeouf. I don't think he's, I mean, he's, he's way more on edge as the movie goes on for good reason. But like, you know, he's very supportive and he supported this home birth. He, they seem to be in love. They seem to be in tune. Um, So for it to go so bad, so fast and really kind of change on a dime, I understand loss and things like that can really change things, but um, one thing in particular is the difference between how she treats her husband and how she treats her mother, who are both not really listening to her wishes after everything happens. I think that's what bothered me the most because one gets a forgiving, lighter end and another person gets cast aside. So how did you feel about the difference between they ha- like who she handles in one light and and how they handle different characters in different ways i'm trying to be so vague because of the spoiler <laughs> stuff um but yeah h- how did you feel about that yeah so we get like one bit of dialogue before the actual birth and where they say oh yeah i'm pretty sure your mum doesn't like me and that's all we know we don't find out really why we don't find out what he's potentially done sure which i think is what hurts it and then i would understand it if the film was about his journey as well his thoughts and feelings about how the birth went what his opinions are about getting justice his opinions on all that 
But it's not about that. It feels purely focused on Vanessa Kirby and her journey. So whenever anything changes with him, we don't get a proper explanation. And I think that's why it leads to his character being poorly written as it is. Yeah. And, and these are definitely complicated characters because to me, as much as the birth or you know the, the complications there uh, caused a big rift, this ripple effect, this shrapnel, uh, that you know goes throughout the movie and and you know is hard to recover from. I think the lies actually do more damage than anything, um, and the and the back channeling, <laughs> you know, so to speak, um, because and and she's a part of that, uh, unfortunately. And and I think this is, I don't know if it's a movie that you know could have been avoided in a sense if people just listen to each other it's a very easy thing to say um but i mean that's that's really what it is i kind of what what i like to do especially on the the second watch is kind of see it's about you know it's four characters who all wanted one thing to begin with and that was a baby to come into this world and live a happy healthy life and then when the life is you know when there's a complication in that then one person wants, you know, justice and revenge. One person wants not to be the villain in this case. One person wants to grieve on his terms and get his wife back to normal and, and live his life as it was. And then one woman wants to grieve on her terms and move on without passing the burden to others. And those are all very, it, they're very well laid out. However, that is a tough story to tell. Um, and I think obviously what, like I said before, loss can destroy and loss can bring people together. Uh, Martha's marriage ends up being the casualty here, uh, and her relationship with her mother, which is, you know, who is a person who pushed her to stand up for her child and, and not to stand up to her weirdly enough, (laughs) like, uh, wanted to just kind of just go along with what she thinks is right. Um, and somehow their relationship gets closer by the end. So I found that to be an odd dichotomy, like a, a very interesting uh, bifurcation there, like of of different pathways for these two people. And and I guess maybe when you're too close to it, you know, being the husband, it's the hardest when you're there day in and day out to maybe get forgiveness or be, I don't, you know, it's it's very hard. Um, to do that and and tell this story but I you know it's hard for me to also go along with a lot of it because of how that treatment occurs um because you know it it, it just really doesn't consider and it's not going to be a popular opinion to say that <laughs> no one's considering Shia LaBeouf's character considering where uh the the landscape is for him right now but um you know I felt like he got short-sighted in a hard way um, in this. Um, and then, of course, then he turns into the worst human being in this story. And so you're you're allowed to, to kind of let him loose and, and want him to kind of get out of the way by the movie's end. So how did you feel his character shook out and, and, and where it goes and, and maybe how complicated it is now with his story after the movie? It is definitely very complicated. Like, and I don't know how to say it about spoilers. That's a thing, because to get really into what his character does at the end and where it ends off, 
it was a sort of situation where his character's almost like written off and you're like okay good bye i don't want to see her anymore right but it's it's just a pathway that it takes with him and yeah there are a lot of comparisons that you can make with the allegations he's had right now which i don't know if it's going to hurt the film in the long run what's going to happen right just have to wait and see how it plays out yeah there's some confrontations here where i just didn't like a lot of those scenes especially the ones Mm -hmm. that get more violent or more um graphic yeah yeah in any of those ways i mean uh i didn't i didn't even like them for the movie let alone like them just to have as a tough sit of course um there like i said there are a lot of things i i really did like here i think the movie works super well with scenes where you know she's kind of adrift and and kind of just going through the day-to-day like i said even on the rewatch i really appreciated like the immediate aftermath of everything. I think that's the best and more honest stuff. Uh, like mm-hmm. kind of like dealing with the physical rebound from a, a pregnancy while also dealing with loss, uh, dealing with how people see you uh, in this. And, and, and even from, you know, from her job and from just people and her family and, and anybody she comes in contact with, you're now kind of branded. And I, I think that's an important subject line here. Um, I, I, you know, I love that there's a scene with her on, uh, I believe it's on a train or a bus, something where she's on public transportation um, and kind of has to, she goes back between seeing like children in one light and dealing with how her feelings are. And all of that is the best stuff. I think like her journey stuff outside of everybody where she gets to be herself, gets to deal with the the situation on her own. And I think a lot of these other storylines cloud up what I think could have been a really impactful smaller movie. But I think when they make it bigger and try to make this trial into something major and everything else, I think that stuff I think doesn't work as well for me. Um, and, 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 I know it's tough. I don't want to like tell anyone how to how to do their movie or anything, but you know it's it's tough to kind of what you feel at the end. I I, I want to. I felt great for her at the end. Um, I feel like her story lands, her story tracks for the most part. I don't. I feel bad for her, of course, because of the loss, but I also am complicated in terms of how she personally handled things but it's also a movie that you can understand that not everything is going to go according to plan and not everything is going to be very messy i've known people to have uh things like this and ultimately it's it's a mess and and i think they knew that like i said this was a very personal story um i feel like i'm just I'm still trying to sort my feelings and I feel bad that I'm uh, uh, witnessing uh, on kind of a, on a podcast level because that's, that's what this story is to me. It's kind of, it's a, it's a, it's trudging through it's, you know, I'm still sorting through it. Is there anything that's still sticking with you positive or negative? Like what, what did the movie leave you with? I guess at the end of the day, I think it was when we get the photograph sequence. Okay. 
when we get that photo and we see it, that's when the movie really gets its pace back again from like the middle. And then you get to the final court case scene. I was like, yep, that's it. I really do like this movie. It sold me at the start. It sold me at the end because of the story. It had some missteps, had some characters that I didn't like. But overall, I really appreciated what the filmmakers were going for. I appreciated the fact that they weren't just talking about this in terms of a lawsuit. They weren't just talking about this in terms of the impact of the baby loss. It was about the impact it had on the people around them as well. Of course, because like I said, there's there's four main characters really, and there, there's more to that. But like, there's uh, the four people who want very different things after something like this happens, and it's a complicated uh, thing to sort through. And I understand that, like I said, it's it's not going to be as you draw it up because that's exactly what you thought this home birth was going to be, and then that didn't go right. But you kind of learn. It's a very much a character study in terms of what you're doing. And that's why I wanted to know more about the character before they start making decisions after. I kind of wanted to know more about the change. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if, if we're going from all I know is that there was a good marriage that got ruined here. It's like, well, I want to feel that more. I want to feel the impact. I don't know what her relationship was with her mother whether it was that bad before really all of this because all we see about the mother is that she buys them a car before <laughs> beforehand um so the car thing made no sense to me like there's a whole plot with a car i'm like what is the point of this plot yeah because obviously they wanted to like damage a car so that they could sell it back or something yeah i think it's supposed to that particular scene is supposed to show um him going back to losing his sobriety and he needs the money for other purposes. I think that's where it's supposed to go with that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think LaBeouf's character simultaneously takes up far too much energy and, and sucks a lot of the oxygen out of the room in the performances that he has in this film um, for it to be more about Vanessa Kirby. I also find it odd that the movie doesn't open on Vanessa Kirby. That we don't kind of follow through her. This is called Pieces of a Woman. It's ultimately her story. And yet we don't open on her. We open on Shia LaBeouf. um, Because they wanted to hammer a bridge metaphor home. More than they thought to develop character uh, in the beginning. So I I think that's what ultimately uh, bothers me about the movie long term. In my brain. Is that I think they had an opportunity to really make this actually more about her and I, I think it's not enough about her i think they took up too much energy in a two-hour movie to kind of to see these other characters at least through her prism you know everything has to filter through her and i think a lot of things don't and i think they need to make some better character development decisions for this movie to be elite i don't want to i don't want to sound like i'm 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 crapping on this movie i think it's a good movie um i think it's uh uh, and with some very impactful performances including i i i don't know how you feel about ellen burston here she's a person who has kind of had this late uh awards run awards thought here I personally think that she is very good. I think she's a tremendous actress and basically near anything. Um, but I think she falls prey to what 
uh, happens with the rest of the, the characters in here. I think that if the script was better, if the character development was better, I think their performance raises higher to me in the awards conversation. Uh, where do you feel with that, with her performance and where maybe it sits in the current uh, awards landscape? I think I'd currently pick it right now to win, if not nominate for her. For best easily. supporting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard somewhere, I don't know if it's true, but apparently that big monologue she has is mostly improvised. Oh, interesting. And that she, Yeah, so it wasn't even written. And if you come away from that scene and don't think she deserves to be nominated, I don't know what you're watching because that <laughs> scene in itself... It's, and she, it's not even just her, it's Vanessa Kirby matching on level with her. It's both of them going at it for each other that I did really fall in love with. And even if I don't agree with her writing, I still think she gives one hell of a performance throughout the entire film. Yeah, I mean, she's this matriarch who is really kind of playing puppet master in this in this scenario. And, and we don't really learn her motivations in a way until that scene, which is so deep into the film. Uh, which is why I was saying kind of like in a, in a character development sense, I wish I had more because that speech is very well done. And and the movie knew what it had, like the director and writers know what they had because uh, they lock on her. They don't even bounce uh, on a on a back and forth uh, once she locks into that um, that monologue she has about. Um, her childhood and her experience with her own mother and how she kind of sees uh, motherhood in a way um, and how she wanted to pass things to her own daughter while speaking to her own daughter um, and and for her own purposes here Vanessa Kirby as well um, they they dial it back when she's speaking as well because it's kind of the first time you know this movie meanders quite a bit and everybody kind of takes on to themselves for a good stretch of the middle here and this is kind of the wake up scene uh because now you're starting to get to see uh vanessa kirby really kind of not unravel but at least like deal with her emotions because you know for a lot of people who you know say to her in this movie things like you need therapy or she can't do anything on her own you know like she can't make decisions right now she plays it very stoic for a lot of portions of this movie. You don't see her break down. You kind of see her being contemplative in in terms of her her next steps, in terms of her reactions, and you know it's it's suffering in silence until that scene, which is why I think it's so impactful uh, as far as the course of the movie is concerned. Um, I want to kind of get a little spoilery for so for anybody who hasn't seen this movie. Uh, maybe kind of, you know, t- uh, take a coffee break, do whatever you got to do, uh, you know, because w- we'll get into it. And I think then we'll wrap up uh, with Oscar stuff at the end, like full bore. Um, and Because um, what I want to talk about is the end and and how you see how we got there, who's involved, and if it works for you. Because this is a movie that, has this uh, storyline of building into a court case that um, I think to kind of almost show you all the different characters here, uh, it all kind of varies between their interest level in this court case. The mother's heavily invested. This is kind of her baby. She brings in a uh, a family uh, member to be their lawyer 
uh, the cousin here, uh, which gets into a complicated relationship with Shia LaBeouf here. Um, Shia LaBeouf is kind of forced into the court case. He doesn't seem to care and then is kind of forced to care. And then, and also sees, you know, a lot of people kind of pouring the poison in his ear here, kind of saying, hey, there could be some money here. There, could, You need justice here. And he, you know, kind of buys into it while Vanessa Kirby, being the, the most important person here, uh, doesn't care about it uh, really much at all, uh, kind of ignores all that talk. Um, and is not really part of that conversation as it develops and as the case develops. And then she joins in at the very end here. Uh, how do you feel how this played out for her and how it affected the movie? And do you think this movie sticks the landing with the story that it was cultivating? You can kind of see, even from her perspective, like the case going. So in like little screens, it'll say like, oh, this is what she's being charged for. Right. Even like the neighbor of the shop being like, oh, she'll pay for it. Everyone hates her. Right. And I think it's important in that opening scene which the, obviously she's in, you see her actually giving birth to a baby and you're like, she's not trying to kill the baby. That's very clear. All this sort of court case stuff, she's not like she's not in charge of murdering a baby. Right. That's my perspective of it anyway. So I think it was very important at the end that Vanessa Kirby got her way, her ending, her story. And especially with the lines, basically saying you all think i can be compensated for losing a baby i can't right money's not going to bring her back i think that nailed it i was worried they were going to continue with the court case sequence yeah but it ended right at the perfect spot for me yeah and then obviously you get to see her heel at the end afterwards you know i think it's it, I, I i i too i i think this movie ends well I think it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that, <laughs> you know, um, like I said, it's complicated that Shia LaBeouf gets shoved out of the way so that way she can heal. Um, and and the person shoving them out of the way is the mother who also didn't let her heal the way she wanted to. So I, I, I'm like, oh, so the mother gets justice and the husband gets shoved to another side of the country. <laughs> so uh, I, I thought that was an interesting way they played that hand. Um, especially because the ending ending, uh, the, the stuff that goes on beyond the trial is basically, you know, the mother's complicated health and, 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 and kind of the, 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 the healing process in terms of their relationship. Um, you see them out to, uh, you know, to brunch or what have you out for coffee, you know, kind of enjoying family time between her and her sister and, and the mother. And then, you know, you kind of get to see her going back to her home where, you know, her, 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 even her own apartment or whatever that's supposed to be, uh, you know, is in better shape. You know, the dishes are done. It's cleaner. It's brighter. It's, you know, they're really making it like, oh, once we got this toxic guy out of here, <laughs> um, then I can, I can heal now. So I did no one's going to feel bad for him now that, especially now that Shia LaBeouf is up for on charges himself. So I think that's going to color a lot of people's view of this movie. And so maybe there's no <laughs> going to be hashtag justice for Shia or anything like that happening from this. But I did feel weird that it, he does get sidelined, but he is also 
once he starts to get back on the wagon, he is a monster in this movie. Um, so he does need to go. Um, but it's odd how he kind of gets bought out, shoved to the side, and then she can heal. But she still has other people in her life who, you know, also contributed to her her not getting her way and not seeing eye to eye and how she wanted to grieve. Um, so that that's my biggest complication outside of I think they could have done more to, to cultivate these characters before we have to see them unravel. Because um, otherwise, you know, you could just kind of see it as a slice of life and a character study on her. If he focused it more on her, then you can maybe get away with that. But I don't think the movie is best served by just kind of dropping the bomb and then watching everybody scatter. Um, but then the end end here where she now has her own child. She, she, she has this apple plot line this whole way through where we find out in the court case that her daughter smelled like apples to her. And, and so you see her sprouting these apple seeds to then, you know, making these apple trees and they all kind of like, the metaphor really lands for that. They also try to stick the landing in terms of, you know, a literally a bit bridge being built <laughs> while a uh, the bridges being burned in the life of the person who's helping build the bridges in real life. Um, how did you feel some of those like kind of more poetic metaphorical messages here? Do those like connect with you at all? Not really. I didn't really care about that. <laughs> It was also the lines in the court case where they literally ask her, do you trust your husband? I was like, that's so on the nose. Yeah. That's so on the nose that you're asking that. Probably aware that they had broken up by that point. Yeah, considering he's not there. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a very easy lawyery thing to do. Um, I think what was actually effective in that examination is that you are hearing some you know, an actual w trying to figure out how she felt about what went down and and seeing the emotions of a, a very good Molly Parker performance. Um, I've seen some people try to drum her up maybe in some in some talk. I don't think that's going to be enough. She Her part's too small, but I, I as far as like anything going forward. But I think she is very good, especially for anyone who's seen Molly Parker and other things before and know her career. She's transformative here I, I didn't fully know that was molly parker when she came in uh for that for the actual birth uh and then as it went on i was like oh my god that's molly parker um so it kind of catches you off guard um because what they do with her look her attitude like all the the change of how she is it's 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 remor it's remarkable she she really gets into that character and you feel for her and 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 because I think my take on the actual, you know, events, and I think you said it before, it's like she didn't set out to be malicious here. She gave fair warnings to, you know, Shia LaBeouf and she called 911. This wasn't malicious. I didn't see anything here, you know, that would have warranted this whole thing, which is also very much an odd distraction for the audience as it's going through. It's like, oh, we're proceeding with something here and we're not really going to talk about it you know it's just mm -hmm. so i think uh that's why the confrontations are so impactful because it's kind of a lot of things being danced around as opposed to you know being addressed head-on it's the closest we get uh the two the court 
and the 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 standoff between the mother and daughter here are the only times you really get that kind of raw emotion uh, and kind of getting to, to the bottom of some things and really kind of getting to see how people felt about what went down uh, in earnest. And I, I agree. I, I don't think, you know, I thought they stuck the landing enough uh, between uh, what happens post uh, court case during the court case, uh, like you said, that the pictures I think was an effective thing, although wasn't really fully utilized. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was actually going to be used more, but I, I think it, it it is enough for this story, and it's enough of a reminder uh, to kind of because she's answering questions that no one's ever asked her, and I think that's actually something that stuck with me uh, when I was listening to that Vanessa Kirby interview that I heard. Uh, on a podcast uh, that Netflix does actually um, present company. It's very good. Um, they, uh, they discussed with her, you know, her prep and her research. And she said that when she was talking to people who went through this type of loss, that, um, you know, it, it's, it's something that, you know, nobody talks to you about. A lot of people, you know, when this happens, everyone just shies away because it's so hard. It's literally such a nightmare, a human nightmare um, that, you know, you just don't know how to say anything to these people. You don't know how to talk to these people. You don't know if you should bring it up. You don't know if, if people need to talk about it. And and for these people, their reaction to Vanessa Kirby even just asking about it was nobody's ever asked me that. Nobody's ever talked to me about this. And um you know, you, I feel bad for those women. And, and if, and if anything good comes out of this, besides just, you know, honoring some of these very good performances here, I would hope that this movie is something that for people who have gone through this experience can kind of connect with and help them heal. Because, you know, again, if you, if you need to see somebody kind of sorting through this, uh, this horrible, horrible scenario, um, at least it has, something you can see and connect with on screen if you're going through it yourself. So I hope that for them. Um, like I said, I wanted to kind of pick your brain on the on the performance stuff and the Oscar stuff going forward. I think it's interesting um, how the critics are seeing this movie um, and because I feel like I'm uh, kind of on board with how it's kind of being... I, I don't think anything's too egregious with how things are playing out right now. I think a lot of... You know, if you look at the meta score, I think it's in the high 60s. So it's a little low for some people, but I think it's close. Uh, I think, you know, if I was putting a number to it, I'm putting something in the in the 70s here. But it's, like I said, it's a solid but flawed movie. It's a movie that needs to be done. But I, what I see is a lot in the landscape right now is that the movie itself is not being championed as much as Vanessa Kirby and now starting to hear more about Ellen Burstyn. Do you think that's right? Do you think anything else is such a standout here? Or is that what you would place like kind of as the lasting legacy of this movie besides maybe the actual you know, heart of the story, the message of the story? No, I do agree with that. I do think it's going to be... It's sort of like what I think Netflix saw Hillbilly Elegy was like, okay, we can't put this up for actress and support an actress. We need another film. They acquired pieces of a woman to fill in that spot. Sure. Um, I do think it's going to be... I think Kirby should win actress, in my opinion. I think Burston should win supporting actress, but I think we'll both be nominated. If I was to say anything else... 
potentially people might see the opening half an hour and think cinematography. But yeah, I, I do applaud think... them for for getting that scene as well accomplished as they did. They did it in six takes over two days. That's a lot of staging. That's an incredible feat. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's get especially with how strong uh, original screenplay. I believe this is original. Other than that, I would probably say it's acting or bust. Yeah, I see it the same way. I actually um I enjoyed Howard Shore's score as well, but it's a very tough year. This year has mm-hmm. some extremely good ones. You know, you got the the double play from Reznor and Atticus Ross, and then yep. um you also have I think the Tenet score is amazing, mm-hmm. even though I think that movie is Woo! Uh, all over the map <laughs> a something. little bit. It's something. Uh, it's incredible action. That score is impeccable. The drive, as any Nolan movie, is incredible, but it has a lot of issues with me. Um, and this is as a person who loves Christopher Nolan. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think uh, Kirby and Burson. Uh, you know, I, do you think Burson is a? There's enough here, though. Like, because uh, for how much I I said about Molly Parker. The mother's not in it a ton, but I guess maybe this is kind of what supporting actors should be like in in, in, in theory. Be, yeah. It shouldn't be, oh, it's you know just a the the person who gets the second amount of screen time. It's usually a performance like this that gets uh, applied. I mean, you know, I I think Amanda Seyfried is very good in Mank. Um, she doesn't quite get that scene like that monologue mm-hmm. that Burston gets I think that monologue is what is separating her in a lot of people's minds right now um and and we'll see where that goes um but yeah I I agree I I, I think this is where this movie's legacy is going to go uh long term are there any other kind of things that you wanted to address here in terms of the film or do you think uh, we we well covered it <laughs> It's just going to be how Netflix campaigns it because they've got a lot on their plate right now. And if Malcolm and Marie is as good as we think we, it could be, yeah. they may go Zendaya instead. We just have to wait and see. Well, I, I don't know how they feel about her. If that's going to be a best best actress play, you're saying to kind of erase Kirby in a way uh, or at least put her on a second tier. Is that's what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Cause, yeah. Because um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a real fear. I mean, that's a fear for Viola Davis too. I thought she was really mm-hmm. good in Ma Rainey. Um, I don't know uh, how you power rank those in your mind, but I mean, <laughs> I would feel bad for her too because that's a it's a powerful performance and a and a good one as well. Um, you know, <laughs> it's it's good problems for Netflix to have. Um, but I think that maybe they do need to, you know, in a way, learn their lesson from last year. Um, yep. because they they had a lot of things that they were you know splitting their time up with and maybe certain awards didn't land because of that separation um but i think they also play that game because you know i i've always said on this podcast that netflix is still very much a young studio and they very much want to please everybody uh so you know their their for your consideration is well, consider everything because we made a lot of great things this year. It's like, well, that doesn't really work. So um, I think they are going to have to make some choices here. I don't know, um, based on the reception of things like, you know, Mank and Ma Rainey and Chicago 7. And, you know, there's a lot of things here. Piece of Woman, now Malcolm and Marie. Um, uh, you know, they almost lucked out in the fact that the Hillbilly Elegy thing kind of came and went. Um, and that, you know, Midnight Sky didn't get as much play as it 
uh, did critically. And, you know, there's so they actually uh, could have had a lot more. Uh, the late surge, I can't believe, for Defy Bloods uh, coming back all the way from the summer. Um, that seems like so long ago, and but it's still playing forward. So they got to make decisions about that now because it's winning a lot of critics awards. So it's going to be a very interesting uh, conversation um, just for them, let alone uh, against the field, uh, which is how a lot of people have kind of saw this award season for a long time. It's like Netflix versus the field versus, uh, you know, just movie to movie. But they definitely have their they're checking every box. Uh, we'll say that. I mean, we, uh, me and uh, also Mike from Mike, Mike and Oscar did our last episode where we kind of went over best international feature and some of the best shorts of the year. And it's like, yeah, Netflix has those too. <laughs> like even mm-hmm. down to the smallest thing, every category can be covered with some Netflix film. Uh, and I think I've got Netflix winning two of the three shorts, which I've never had before. Uh, which ones? I'm curious. Speed Cubers for documentary, love just because I don't know what else there is right now. And if anything happens, I love you for animation. Yeah, I, I mean, I was more in love with Canvas, but you can split hairs with that one. I, I like them both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of good stuff, and they've really kind of cared more about some of those smaller ones to really, because uh, for for them, it's always been they've been really good at getting uh, documentaries to win. And then now mm-hmm. they're really trying to kind of fan it out to get more and more stuff on the on the main stage, and you know, uh, Laura Dern winning was a was a good start, but considering all the nominations they got, it wasn't quite enough. Um, so you know, we'll see. I think it was something like they won two out of the twenty four nominations they had yeah. last year or something. And that was documentary as well right. for one of them. Yeah. And I don't think we're winning documentary this year, I have to say. No, uh the way it's shaken out, I, I really love Dick Johnson is dead. Uh but a lot I love it, but I don't think it'll win. I know. I, I think people weirdly enough, even though I cried like a baby watching that movie, um, I think people are going with something in the what uh the Mike Mike and Oscar guys called parade of sadness categories, like something like collective or mm-hmm. or, or time. Um uh, you know, something that's either somehow more on the brains topically or something that is just a harsh, harsh topic to go through, which is very much what the Academy does, but uh, they've done, you know, it's hard to go, Hey, Barack Obama, you know how you won last year. Sorry. We can't give it to you this year because group camp is also a very effective movie. So uh, yeah. And Dick Johnson, like I said, I think is the best one they have. So Uh that'll be a tough one. Uh, And we'll see about short subject. I haven't really seen, a lot of those or, or what's going to yeah. come through. So uh, that'll be a later conversation, but you're right. I, I, I think a lot of these things are going to cover and yeah, the conversation between Kirby Viola Davis and, and Zendaya is going to be very interesting in a couple weeks when, when Malcolm and Marie comes out and you really get to see everyone's opinion. Um, but thank you for coming on. I mean, unless you have any other things, I know I'm very excited to talk to you about, uh, how your podcast is going because right on the last time we were, uh, on the mics together for Rebecca, you were just in, just getting ready. You're just, uh, Mm -hmm. in the early stages of planning it out and getting your thoughts on that. So how is that going for you? How do you feel being, uh, in, in the podcast game now and, and how's it kind of working out? Uh, yeah, it's great. I, I love the fact that I get 
it's like you see all these people on Twitter, you don't know what their voices are. So it's great inviting everyone on and actually getting to hear them potentially for the first time. Sure. So I've had some wonderful discussions on some films that I've loved, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Back to the Future. Next week is Inside Out, which I'm very, very excited about. And you just see how it goes on from there. Yeah. No, Inside Out is definitely one that I'll I'll be looking forward to that conversation because you hear it a lot now uh, with Soul coming out, uh, kind of, you know, how these kind of existential movies in the Pixar uh, canon and where they land for people, um, you know, especially, you know, it's tough, uh, you know, Pixar is kind of known for, hey, here's a here's the all family affair. And then you have Soul and you're like, is a six-year-old going to get this? Is an eight-year-old going to get this? I don't know. Uh, it's a very adorable cat. I don't care because I got it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Obviously, we're all we're all people who are. Uh, this is. Uh, yeah. I mean, that movie is kind of uh, an inside out to in, in in an extent, but like, um, I would say Soul is kind of a movie for people who were raised on Pixar more than mm-hmm. kind of like what they're usually about, and you know they're fine with it. I mean, it's a big hit for Disney Plus, so good for them, and it's a good movie. So you know, absolutely, more of that. Sure, I'm I'm on board, and and Inside Out kind of between that and Up kind of ripped the bandaid off of what you can expect from a Pixar movie. So good for them. I'll be looking forward to your discussion about that. I'm sure all that will come up. Um, and congratulations on on getting it going. Just kind of going through your your favorite films including your silver linings playbook obsession uh that everyone is well aware of so uh that's awesome uh that you kind of let all your your favorite things fly all at once and and getting people to uh, get their perspectives on it too so congratulations again on that thank you for for coming on here and you know i will definitely see where the netflix conversation goes on from here i i appreciate you coming on no worries thank you for having me on 